Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Nothing But Locks podcast. I'm your host, Ali Melniki, accompanied by my favorite co-worker, Robert Kowalski. How are you doing today, Robert? Ali, I'm great. Um, here I was thinking, you know, we're going to be talking, uh, you know, quite a bit about NBA free agency and, you know, the baseball season where we're at, but I have a feeling you're going to probably lead off with something else. Oh, absolutely. You know, the sports world's ever-changing. When you least expect news to break, <laughs> it breaks. You can have a whole agenda like we had today, you know, talking about Kevin Durant and MLB season. But nope, we're going to go right to the NFL because about maybe a little over an hour ago when we we're starting to record this, news broke that Baker Mayfield got his trade request. He's going to the Panthers. So, Robert, I have a lot of questions, but let's just start with the easiest one. Good move for the Panthers, yes or no? I say yes. Uh, I, I think that he, uh, Baker Mayfield, that is, uh, the now, I, I guess, reportedly uh, ex-quarterback of the Cleveland Browns, uh, is far better than anyone that was currently uh, on the Carolina Panthers roster uh, in the quarterback room. So just by that alone, and, and I'm glad that they got this move done here on July 6th, rather than, you know, like just before preseason began, so they can get him in, start working, you know, with the team and, and their idea for what they want to do to run an offense uh, and, and go forward from there, uh, Ali. I, so to me, I think it's an improvement for the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it does, you know, they're not going to beat the Bucks in the division, let's be honest with that. But it does put them in the wild card conversation because, you know, Baker is what one year removed from leading the Browns to the postseason. And you can argue that if he doesn't get hurt this year, because, you know, I watched plenty of Browns games. He was injured. A lot of the games he did play. He just didn't look like himself. Badly injured. Go, yeah, very. And you had to deal with the Odell drama. Jarvis Landry couldn't stay on the field, you know, more than a few games or even he'd start for a game and then he'd leave. So they just had a lot of problems with the Browns. I don't think he got a fair share. Now, I don't blame the Browns for training for Watson if if he didn't have all this legal trouble around. We'll get to that in a minute. But it does definitely make the Panthers better. He goes to a team that has a very good defense. He has, when healthy, perhaps one of the best running backs in the league in Christian McCaffrey. And you have a solid wide receiver core. I mean, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Richard Higgins, like that that's some good arms to throw to. So I really like this for the Panthers. I think that the best thing they get out of the Baker deal is, and Baker's played this entire career. He's going into the season with a chip on his shoulder. He's a free agent after this season. So, you know, he's going to play his best. He's one of the few players in the league where I can look at and say, when people doubt him, he's at his best. What do you think? Yeah, there's, there's no doubt about that. And I, I'm actually excited to watch him and his season, particularly just him, just like on a personal level. I, I mean, look, he got drafted top in his class, top. So we know that there was a, a lot going into, you know, his expectations personally and, and obviously, you know, from, from a fan base and for the, the team in particular, the Cleveland Browns. So I would probably think that, you know, just from a betting perspective, like what do you do now? You take a look and see how does – Carolina change, uh, you know, from the point spread, season win total, all these things now start to, you know, really start to move in, in a direction that are not where they were just hours ago. Uh, heck, Allie, <laughs> uh, 
How do you think I found out that Baker Mayfield got traded to Carolina as I'm over here fiddling around with uh, uh, Major League Baseball for today's action? Oh, I'm sure there was a lot of bets on that. Over Thank you. <laughs> exactly, Allie. I mean, I've, so first off, I've had week one uh, of the NFL season up for like months already. So the next thing I see on, on the ticker, it's just like blowing up. Like, we, why, who's betting what? Why are we going so fast? Everything. 460 Panthers, 460 Panthers, 460 Panthers, 460. Everyone's betting the Panthers. I'm like, can someone tell me what the hell just happened? <laughs> and then I'm like, ah, okay, I see breaking news. So we had the Browns. How about this? Week one, Browns Panthers at Carolina. Ah, I didn't even look so, at week one schedule yet. This literally right? broke like right before. Exactly. That's like, wait a second. They're playing each other in week one. Oh, man. So, so Carolina was catching three. Uh, at home to the Cleveland Browns. Uh, you want to get an idea just how much Baker Mayfield is worth exactly in a vacuum? Uh, the spread has to be about even right now. Yeah, it's pick them. Exactly. Yeah. It's pick them. So the line moved to pick. Uh, and at this point, uh, everyone's kind of like said, all right, you know, there's no more uh, uh, juice left to squeeze out of this lemon. So uh, that's where it's sitting. Also, um, they're in the very first preseason game, uh, which is Carolina and – no, not Carolina and New York, or is it? Well, actually, yeah. So take a look at this. If you look ahead way far into NFL Week 2, the Carolina Panthers are at the New York Giants, and that game just went from uh, Giants 2 down to pick as well. So there, there's Week 2 for a super look ahead. And then if you just want to go to preseason, um, you know, right now, you know, no one is obviously, you know, putting up any kind of, of a number because who knows who's playing where. But, uh, you know, for the look ahead, obviously we know that uh, looking into week one, Carolina is going to be uh, playing at the Washington Commanders. Uh, so we'll obviously have to bake up that number. But, haha, play on words. Uh, there's your number. It's, it's a three-point line move down to pick them. Wow. I mean, that's significant. What did the win total? Just curious. Cause I'm, you know, I haven't even gotten a chance to look. What did it start at pre Baker Mayfield and what is it at now? Yeah. So it's a, uh, right now I've got really, uh, so let's just take a look and see when we look at uh, futures, I was just actually looking at my um, NFC and Super Bowl odds. So that was one thing that I wanted to start to take a peek at. Uh, but for the season win totals, um, we're probably looking at a move of, I mean, heck, we can look at possibly saying, as I buy for time here. <laughs> well, I'll fill in the blank for you. But he, I mean, you got to say when you compare him to Sam Darnold, he's several wins. Like, I don't even think it's one win. Like, I think he's several wins better than Sam Darnold, like, without question. I just, I never was high in Sam Darnold, even before the draft back in 2018. I know when I used to work at Fox Sports, you had guys like Callan Cowherd. They were all over Sam Darnold. I don't like quarterbacks that only started one year in college. I thought he'd be kind of a bust. He didn't do much with the Jets. I understand that. Jets weren't good. But then you give him a team like Carolina that was a good team. And he just, I mean, he just floundered last year. Right, so, right. And I agree with you. And, and Ali, just so, so we're saying, just like you said at the beginning, look, we're not expecting 
Baker Mayfield to take the Carolina Panthers no. to the Super Bowl this year, right? If right. they make the playoffs, I think they're going to have a very successful season. So we had the Panthers as a, a five-win team. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're now at six, and uh, I probably shade it to, you know, a little juice to the over. Um, I could probably see that getting steamed a little bit more, um, you know, but then if you just take a look at their division, that's something that we kind of, you know, took a very quick peek at earlier. Um, you know, they're, they're still, you know, a, a long ways away from, you know, even, you know, hunting for a second place position in their division. Right. I definitely think it's put some into the wild card conversation without a doubt that, like you said, they're not beating the bucks. I still think the saints, I would take the saints over them, but they put them in that position for that third wild card spot. And who knows, like I said, I I've never seen a player in recent years, like Baker who plays so much better with a chip on his shoulder. You know, he, he wasn't a starter when he was a freshman in college. He goes to Oklahoma, wins a Heisman, puts himself in the conversation to be number one drafted overall. He is drafted number one overall. He had no problems going to the Browns, a franchise that before Baker, you know, they were lucky to get one or two wins a year. And he really resurrected that franchise. So I did think the franchise kind of threw shade at him at the end, how they parted ways. But hey, it's all about the business. So I mean, six wins. Uh, yeah, I would lean over with that. I can see them getting seven, eight wins. Also, they, they play in a division where, you know, the Saints are nothing but injuries half the time. You don't know how Jameis is going to be coming back from injuries. You don't know how Michael Thomas is going to be. He, was, he didn't play at all last year. Alvin Kamara is constantly hurt. So maybe they do steal a few wins and put themselves above the eight-win platform. I think that's even a stretch. But you never know. I would definitely take the over. What about you? Yeah, I, I, I could see going over, I, I definitely could see going over five. So, so that's oh, yeah. that. So, you know, five and a half. So that puts us to six. I mean, it, it, we'd have to break down their schedule, you know, and, and obviously he's going to, you know, make an improvement as we could see right here and move the line three points, you know, from a dog to, you know, to a pick em. But I mean, look, in, in the end, you know, just looking at the odds to win the NFC championship right now. So it's the Bucks and the Rams, like we talked about last week on the show. Packers, Niners, Cowboys, Eagles. Okay. You can't clear that already, much less, you know, are are you going to go and, you know, put yourself in the third tier mix of Cardinals, Vikings, Saints, Commanders? Uh, Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think that's the perfect tier for them. Yeah. Okay. I agree. Yeah. But let's look at the other side, the Cleveland Browns. And we still don't know what's going on with Deshaun Watson. You and I, you know, we both said last week we're no legal experts. But I do think if he's not suspended for the entire season, he's going to get multiple games. So that aside, what does Cleveland do if Deshaun Watson, you know, isn't there? What do I, you think? I'm booking it as he's not. Right. right? And that's the way I've, I've looked at it from, you know, the opening bell. So it's. Uh, Jacoby Brissett's show, uh, and 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 uh, my line is actually, uh, you know, showing just that, you know, Cleveland, you know, they're, they're going to have plenty to do, and obviously, look, you know, we just talked about it because you know Cleveland's playing Carolina, so I'm booking it as Brissett against Mayfield, and you know, right now we've got Cleveland as actually there's a couple of ones popping up, uh, you know, but uh, actually a, a one on on Cleveland, uh, but I still see this as a pick'em game. And I don't think that there's going to be, 
I mean, look, I, I think if you look at their offense with Brissett, there's is probably a net zero compared to what they did last year, mm-hmm. you know, with all the, with all the new talent that's in right now. And obviously their wide receiver core is, is going to be different, but I, I don't think that there's going to be a, a difference in their offensive output year over year. So I, I don't think that they're going to be looking at anything better than again, a second, maybe a third tier franchise uh, in the AFC alley. I, I don't know if, if, if I could talk, you know, anything higher than that, heck, I can't even put a season win total on them right now until I know for sure that Brissett's in and, and Watson's out. But do, do you see them cracking even into the second tier of NFL teams in the AFC? No. And, you know, I think the AFC is just loaded when you look at not just the Bills, but the Chiefs are still going to be up there. The Chargers, you and I talked about how loaded just the AFC West is in general. West, right, right. You have four teams that could make the playoffs in the West. So the competition, and they don't play in an easy division either, the the Browns. They have the defending AFC champion, Bengals there. They have the Baltimore Ravens there, who missed the postseason last year, but, you know, Lamar Jackson did miss, I think, the last six games. So they probably would have made it if he's healthy. I, I just, I don't see, even with Deshaun Watson, I mean, am I too crazy to say I didn't even see Cleveland as a playoff team with Deshaun Watson? No, no, I don't. I don't see him leading the team if he plays all every single week. I, I still don't see them making the playoffs. Um, you know, like you said, uh, Ravens in the AFC North. Ravens are better. Bengals are better. Um, no, not the Steelers. So, so okay, I, I'll put them third in their division. The division, right? And then if we just go tear up the AFC right now. So it's the Bills, mm-hmm. right? And then Chiefs, Chargers, Ravens, Broncos, right? I haven't even gotten to the Bengals yet. Right. Then Bengals, Raiders, let's go Titans, Colts. We talked about them as a super dark horse. Um, Dolphins, I'll put ahead of them. Heck, I'll put the Patriots ahead of them. So they're really only better in my eyes than the Steelers, Jaguars, Jets, and Texans. Yeah, I, I agree with that because, listen – I know people, the, the name Deshaun Watson, you know, just everyone has their eyes open with it because he's an electrifying player. But don't forget, you know, all those Houston teams he was on, what do you get, one playoff win with all of them? Exactly, with all that and, being said. And you still had, you had DeAndre Hopkins, who's far better than Amer- Amari Cooper, in my opinion. You still had, a, you, you know, look at just Houston's defense alone, too, when you had the J.J. Watt years. Like, they were a very good team, but they just couldn't, especially when it came to the playoffs, they couldn't get over the the hump. So I think Deshaun Watson, we don't know what type of shape he's in. This guy hasn't played in, you know, I don't know how long, like has he, you know, I'm sure he's been working out, but taking as long as time off as he is and dealing with his off the field baggage, I don't know if he's that same quarterback. And even if he is, I just don't think he has the arsenal around him to make that deep playoff run at the most, but even at the least, that's the third best team at best in that division. So when you have a a division like the AFC West, where Kansas city is probably going to be a wild card team, because I think the chargers do win that division. One of those teams between the Broncos and the Raiders are probably a wild card team. So you have potentially two wild card teams out of that division. 
I don't know if Cleveland is even better than the Ravens, like we just said. So it just kind of, it's, it just is so typical Browns. I think that's the best way to say it. It, it really is too bad too. I, I don't look, we're, we're here, right, from, from our bird perch, but I don't know what their advisors in, in, in the Browns franchise organization told ownership about Deshaun Watson I, I, and what they gave up to get him. In this day and age now, Ali, where NFL franchises draft quarterbacks so early, so often, and you know, look for results so quickly, I, do, I just don't know how much more time he has left. Can, if he doesn't perform this year, right, let's just say he doesn't, and he comes back next year and he's like a shell of what he used to be, he's going to be cut. He's just going to be cut. And then it's just going to move on to the next you know, round of, of quarterbacks. Um, because that's the way the league is run right now. It's, you know, you, you get your franchise quarterback, and if that's not who it is, you cut him and you draft another one in the first round. I mean, so, he has just that ridiculous contract that's like all guaranteed money. I, I don't okay. know what the Browns were thinking with that one. That's exactly what happened, Ellie. Ugh. But I would like to talk to NFL all day, but I do want to move on with another big trade we're discussing. Who knows if we're going to get to baseball today, but that's okay. <laughs> But, you know, I get very excited for NBA free agency. I kind of hinted to it a few weeks ago. It's more exciting for me than the regular season. This year was, in, was as a whole, it wasn't overly exciting. There wasn't as many trades as I thought I would see yet. Yet. I could, I could be corrected. Um, but there wasn't as many big names signing elsewhere. I mean, we knew Jalen Brunson was going to the Knicks. I don't know if you even count him as a big name. But obviously the biggest news out of last week was Kevin Durant wanted a trade. And that was so eye-opening because just a day or two earlier, Kyrie opted into his contract. He said he was going to give it another go with the Nets, at least for one season. So I thought, all right, all's fine in paradise. We'll see their big three of Durant, Kyrie, and Ben Simmons, see what they can do. And then KD comes out of nowhere and requests a trade. So, Robert, I want to know, A, what were your thoughts and what teams make sense for KD after that? God, wow. How do we unravel this, Ali? <laughs> I mean, look, and, and this speaks to us, right, where we're from the area. You know, who knows? You know, KD, you know, he, he was – we know where he was born, where he's raised, where he played college, where he's played in his NBA career. I, I – there's so many reasons why someone gets sour on a location. Right. And I, I don't know. I, I'm thinking either he's just really not satisfied at all with how last season ended right. you know, with the first round playoff sweep. Um, I, I guess the franchise's soured relationship with Kyrie Irving, I, you know, and they're close friends, Durant and Irving are really close friends. So maybe he's hurt because of his friend not being happy, yep. Kyrie Irving. You know, so I don't know, back to Durant, you know, why does he want out? You know, I, I guess, you know, I, I guess just being disillusioned by the disastrous season. On the other hand, you know, man, I, I look, if you told me that you're going to start off a year with Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and Ben Simmons, I'd say that you're right there in the mix to win your, your conference title. Yeah, easily. You have to be. 
there, there's, there's honestly no better ball handler uh, and, and just, you know, creator of offense than, than Kyrie Irving. You know, Dur- Durant is, we, you know, we don't have to talk about the, you know, the bona fides, but he's obviously one of the all-time greats. I think that you got to give an opportunity to those three to show what they can do and, and run the table with it. You know, but, you know, it looks like he wants out because of, you know, you know, Kyrie Irving and, and, you know, what he was, you know, what he had to go through, but, you know, heck, why are you upset about somebody else? You know, you know, sure. You guys are friends. So then what, you're going to take him with you? <laughs> no, you're not run it back, come back and, and play, you know, and I don't know if the, you know, if the door has been slammed shut, you know, but if we, if we wanted to Ali, uh, where do you even begin? If, if you are now, okay, you're Josiah. Right. I know you're not, but let's say you're Josiah. Who who do you think could possibly land a guy like Kevin Durant? I mean, my first instinct was obviously, and this is before I knew that Kevin Durant wanted to go to the team, but I thought Phoenix Suns, because, you know, you have the DeAndre and you could probably have a sign and trade with them. I thought probably he's going to say Miami Heat, which he did. They have plenty of assets. And I did think the Raptors, I thought, I think, I thought maybe he could do like kind of what Kawhi did a few years ago, but then I really had to sit back and think, well, why is Kevin Durant demanding this trade? And everyone points to, he was fed up with Kyrie and this and that. And I'm like, well, he did just watch his former team, the Warriors basically win the championship. And it was kind of a bust to his legacy. They won before he was there. They won with him and they won again without him. So in Kevin Durant's mind, he's probably sitting back for a little bit and he's thinking, Kyrie, you're my bro, but if you're going to pull this again, where you're missing games, where we don't have a consistency and we all know Ben Simmons, we don't, he hasn't played again in what over a season. So he doesn't know what he has. So he wants to go to a team that can compete right away without the extra baggage of Kyrie and Simmons. And I think, re- I think that if the Warriors don't win that championship, all's fine in Brooklyn today. So I do think the Warriors winning definitely had an effect on him. What do you think? Yeah, I, I, look, I, I guess an insider could probably say, you know, you know, if you're sympathetic to Durant, you could probably say, you know, Kyrie Irving is the one that sabotaged all of this. You know, but, you know, Durant's reacting more to the effects, you know, you know than rather to the cause. You know, and now you've used the Nets as pretty much, this is unsalvageable. I'm out. Um, I'm finished with this. Um, you know, and then they, I guess there's simply no use in him taking sides when, you know, all of it's too far gone. So, all right, let's, let's move him now. I mean, if, if I'm another franchise and I'm approached by the Brooklyn Nets, what, where do you begin? Where do you begin when a guy like, okay, so this, this one was, was pretty wild, you know, and I, I guess it's, you know, it's Alex Rodriguez saying, look, we're, we don't, we're here and, and we're, we're going to, we're going to definitely make an impact. So Rudy Gobert gets traded from Utah to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so many first round picks and I'm just shocked. I mean, yeah. And, and it's their unprotected nature of the picks, right? Right. So if they completely just shit the bed, it doesn't matter. They're getting those picks. I think that yep. this deal was fabulous for Utah. Oh, right? absolutely. And, right. So exactly. So if now 
Brooklyn's looking at that deal and they're like, huh, wait, you got what for Rudy Gobert? Then, okay, we have to start with if I'm getting Kevin Durant and I'm, you're, you're getting Kevin Durant from me and, 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 and you're the Brooklyn Nets, it's got to be an all-star and four first-round picks. And that's where we start. Even. Yep, minimum. Yep. Okay, so who can possibly do that? You know, you mentioned Miami, um, Phoenix, Toronto. I, you know, it's just, well... Who can possibly, you know, make these moves? I mean, <laughs> wouldn't it be funny if Utah takes all those picks? I was just going to say that. <laughs> Utah could take all those picks now and then, then, you know, wheel them to Brooklyn, I suppose. But um, I, I don't see that happening. You know, it, if, with the Suns, by the way. So when things started to get wacky and, and, you know, there was thoughts of Kevin Durant getting moved, like, immediately to Phoenix, um, you know, we had – uh, the Suns at like 10 to one to win the title next year. Yeah. And it like just got hammered, just like nonstop. I saw some of my friends move them down to like almost a favorite. Oh, wow. Right. To like plus 250, you know, and now that that's cleared up and that's clearly not happening to like, you know, seven to one. So, you know, whatever, whatever with that. I just think that honestly, if, if he's going to get moved, who, who's possibly going to be able to go out and just give out all those picks? Um, and then like, would you be happy with the players in return? Like, I mean, trying to put together on took like, like Miami heat, you know, you're trying to put together the necessary salary for Durant without including Kyle Lowry or Bam Adebayo, which I guess is a requirement for Kevin Durant reportedly. It's just going to be like, so, so difficult. Yeah. You know, for me, this is one thing I do hate about the NBA. It's how much power these players do have to demand a trade basically at will. It gets kind of tiring because especially in this case, because it's like Kevin Durant, you left the Warriors because you wanted to prove you could win on a team without Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green. You built this team in Brooklyn. You know, you and Kyrie got together. You planned it. You wanted the Nets to trade for James Harden last season. You know, you were all for shipping James Harden back off to Philadelphia it's like you built this team. You just signed a max extension. You know, what is it, four years? Yes. And you haven't even started playing in this extension. So we were planning around you. And now you're just going to up and leave because, eh, it just so isn't working out for me. Like, no, 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 no. It shouldn't work that way. So if I'm the Nets, you know, I'm not on the phone 24-7 calling all these teams, seeing what they want to offer. Because it's like in the Anthony Davis trade a few years ago when he wanted to go to the Lakers. You know, the Pelicans, they didn't have to trade them at the time. And they waited and they waited and they waited till they got the package that I would say they settled for. Maybe they could have get maybe they could have got more, but that's what they got. So if I'm the Nets, it's like, hey, we don't have to trade you, dude. Like no. you can start the season, you can play. Maybe it ends up working out and you want to stay, but unless we get what we consider equal value and not lesser equal value, then sorry, you can sit on the bench. You can get fine, but we're not trading you. And that's how it goes. Yeah, exactly. I, first off, you know, Kyrie Irving is absolutely not leaving Brooklyn. No. Right? They, they don't have to trade either of them, but no way, you know, Kyrie Irving is getting traded. They're both on the contract, just like you said. And so I, I mean, look, yeah, 
you know, how, how do we look at this again, just from a betting perspective, you know, with, with, you know, Phoenix, I, I think it's probably, you know, at, at its, at its core, maybe the best location that I would think that Durant lands, um, you know, and of course the deal would have to not involve Booker. Right. Uh, I don't believe it would, you know, then they will probably, you know, move to at least conference favorites, uh, you know, you know, along with Golden State. Um, and then obviously, you know, the Sixers, uh, you know, who we haven't touched on yet, you know, I guess they're probably a potential spot, but I don't see Durant signing up for a James Harden reunion, like you said, right no, now. Not, the, not, the th- not for the third time. <laughs> it didn't work out in OKC. It didn't work out in Brooklyn. He's not going to Philadelphia. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, look, come on, guys. Come on. Bring it back. Bring it back. Let's see a season, one full season of Simmons, Irving, and Durant. Yeah, I mean, the more I do think of this, like, obviously, I told you what I thought, Suns, Heat, Raptors, you know, those were my first thoughts. But in the past week, the more I consider, I honestly don't think the Nets are going to move him before. Unless they get, unless literally some team comes to them and is like, you have five first rounders, you have these two all-stars, and then you give them a deal that the Nets can't say no to. I think that the Nets are just going to wait it out, see what he does. And I don't think Kevin Durant as as good of a player as he is, he's really not going to sit out the season. Like, I, like I, I just don't see him boycotting the team because they won't trade him. I think he's very sensitive about his legacy. I mean, you see him with all these Twitter burner accounts and like just, you know, getting confronted by random fans and like talking trash to them back. I, I, re- <laughs> I do think that if the Nets stick with him, he's still going to suit up and play. And then kind of like you said, you know, give it a go. And if the Nets start out 12 and two, you know, 15 and four, you know, maybe he's like, Hey, I can work with this. This, this is a team that isn't, you know, let's put it this way. The East isn't as deep with talent as the West is. If you're in the West, you have to go through golden state. You got to go through Luca and the Mavs. You got to go through the Phoenix, whether you're on Phoenix or not. You got to go through the Grizzlies who people are discounting, but the Grizzlies are an up and coming team. I just feel like you have, you know, don't forget the Nuggets. They're getting back Jamal Murray to go with Jokic. So I, I think that you have more that you have to go through in the West than in the East. So stay in the East and, and see what you can do. I mean, the Heat, I don't think they're going to be as good as last year. They're just always injury prone. The Celtics, I don't know. They might have that, that championship hangover because they, they didn't win it. And you usually see teams that don't win the finals kind of fade off. So really, you know, who's your main competition? The Bucks, which a big three, you know, you had the Bucks at the wall in game seven a few years back. And if Kevin Durant's like inch of a foot is over that three point line, they, they, they win and they go and play the heat in the, in the, in the conference finals. So I'm like, I'm with you, Robert. I don't think we need to spend too much time on the, this. It's Durant, just stay, just stay. I mean, is there anything else to say about it? No, the, the grass is not always greener on that other side. Yep. I mean, you've already kind of, you know, tasted a little bit of both coasts and, you know, the center of the country could just, just stay, run it back one more time. Yeah, that's the best you can do. But since we are on NBA, I want to keep going on NBA. Maybe we'll get to baseball next week. But I do want to ask, we touched on the Rudy Gobert trade. And like I said, there really wasn't a ton of trades that I saw. 
I think that we are going to see more coming up. But what about DeAndre Ayton? Because he remains the high-profile free agent left to sign. Are the Suns still hoping they could get him in a sign-and-trade with Durant? Or are they just going to let him walk to another team? Or perhaps a sign-and-trade with another team? What do you think? He's So we know this. I mean, first off, he's DeAndre Ayton. He's 22 years old. Restricted free agent, right? So we know how insanely talented he is. Uh, his size makes him a very unique puzzle to figure out, <laughs> you know, to try and to defend someone of, of his size and speed. But what we saw, you know, at the end of, you know, game seven, he was benched. Monty Williams didn't really want to talk about anything here, but his relationship, DeAndre Ayton's relationship with the Phoenix Suns is zero, mm-hmm. right? Because the owner of the franchise told him his value is zero. So I wouldn't want to play for a franchise that doesn't think that I have any value. So I, I don't think he'll report. That's for sure. You know, so you, you might as well move him and and get something for him. Uh, Now, again, the question is, you know, with, with someone of, of his stature, we clearly haven't seen his peak. He's, he's not even close to his peak of what we think he can become. Uh, So landing spots again, it, it matters to, you know, what you can get back and just how high a value. The, I mean, the Phoenix Suns could definitely be in play here. We're talking about them being, uh, you know, the conference. Well, actually, you know, like, let's take a step back. You know, as it is right now, they are definitely a conference contender, mm-hmm. you know, as, as built today. Um, but if you move Aiton and you bring back other pieces, we definitely want to start to take a look at them as possibly moving forward another step. I mean, how do you move forward after you just, you know, had the best record in the conference? I don't know. Uh, you know, I guess do it in the playoffs. Um, but Ali, if, if you had to pick one, maybe two locations that Aiton might find a better fit at, what do you think? So I had to think a lot about this. I mean, one of my first thoughts was put him with Luca in Dallas because I mean right now Luca will is just praying for anyone <laughs> of any kind of talent to come over to them especially after losing Jason Brunson so that was one of my first thoughts then obviously I thought hey you know what he's probably he's probably looking for you know the the Suns are probably holding out gonna wait and see about the Durant thing but I mean after Dallas I mean uh, I don't know. I really, he's one of those perplexing ones. Maybe the jazz, I, since now they're off of Gobert. I, I don't know. Who are you thinking, Robert? I never thought about this, but you're absolutely right. Utah has so much draft collateral. And I think that if you go from uh, Rudy Gobert to, you know, DeAndre Ayton, I, I think now you probably, um, well, look, you can't just replace a you know defensive player of the year right. and someone of his talent, you know, on that end. But he brings a new facet at least, and I think that you can get him for significantly less than the four draft picks. Right. Um. You know, maybe you you wield two of those, yeah. uh, and then in the end, you're probably looking at a, a far better uh, result for this coming season than you you know you would be without him. That's for sure. So I definitely like that position where, uh, you know, they work out a deal with Utah. Yeah, I think Utah would be actually a really nice fit for him. And they, like you said, they have the draft capital to go for them. 
But I mean, does that still put, does that put Utah anywhere better than they were? I don't know. I think that the drafts picks, they are, you know, gunning for the future. I think if they take a big dip this year, you could see potentially Donovan Mitchell getting traded midseason or something like that. But I don't want to talk too far down the line, though. I am surprised and I do got to bring it up. And I think this is a good way to end the show this week. But obviously being in L.A., what's going on with the Lakers, Robert? Can I make it like the shortest answer I've ever given? Absolutely. Just I knew I had to bring it up. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing. Nothing. They're doing nothing. They're they're, they're, and they're and they're not going to do anything. And look if you're Russell Westbrook and you're looking at an option for like a gajillion dollars, like he's supposed to get, of course you take it. Oh yeah. There was of no course question. You take it. And so it's just going to run it back much like what I'm hoping Brooklyn does just run it back guys. Um, and, and see what you can come up with. Look, you can't do any worse than you did last year. Right. Can't. So, I mean, look, they're, they're going to make, you know, you know, little, you know, bits and pieces here and, and, and try and pick up, you know, a, a few key players here. Um, obviously, you know, you know, as they're looking to bolster their front line, they pick up a backup center because obviously injuries will happen, but I, I they're going to go with what they have, Allie. They really are, you know, sorry to disappoint Southern California, uh, but you got what you have. Um, you, you brought in these players to win a title. Um, now time to reap what you sowed. You know, it's funny because the consensus that I get from being here, it's like it's a weird feeling. It's almost like it's the first time in a few years that all Lakers fans that I do I know and when I talk to them about expectations for this year, they just kind of shrug. They're like, it is what it is. Like it's it's almost like they know, hey, we probably will make the postseason. Like, let's be honest. If LeBron, AD, and Russ don't make the postseason this year. And if they all stay healthy, that is probably the most disappointing team of all times. I'll say it like that. Yeah, it's a good point. I was hoping you were going to finish it with the words of all time. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and LeBron has no one to blame but himself for that because he built that team. But yeah, that, that's kind of like the mood. It's just, hey, you know what? We're going to see what we can get. This is what we're stuck with. And that that's it. it it's like a weird feeling. There's no really optimism there's really not pessimism it's just kind of like a nonchalant like yeah we'll see how this year goes it's weird (laughs) that's very weird i feel sorry for lakers fans if that's the case as the consensus feeling going into the year on july 6th (laughs) i mean but it's funny because you have the lakers you know with your odds for futures they're they're one of the top teams aren't they for the championship yeah yeah they they definitely are i mean it's it's, it's still, you have to, you have to pay respect to, you know, any franchise, no matter what age LeBron James is at, uh, you, you still have to pay the respect and, and, you know, give the value. I mean, could you find, you know, a couple of points higher here or there? Sure. But you know, ultimately there's still one of the favorites, uh, you know, to win the West. What is their uh, total at right now for wins and losses? That I actually I haven't found a price yet to set on their, uh, their win total. But honestly, if, if it's not close to, I mean, yeah, obviously we see what they did last year and it was really, really horrible. But I, I would think that it were probably closing in on 49 and a half, maybe 50 and a half wins. I don't know. I'd have to go under with that. I really would. 
Yeah, that, that's an underplay for me. You see, so you're you're going against a a very heavy uh, Western Coast uh, bias that I have to deal with on a regular basis. <laughs> I mean, like I said earlier, the West is a tough conference to play in. I I mean, yeah. it, really, you look at it from you know one to eight of the teams that made the playoffs, like. I don't know if the Lakers are better than any of them. I mean, you even look at the Timberwolves who came in with the eighth seed and now they got Rudy Gobert. So it's, it's going to be a tough conference for them to compete in. And, you know, this is a team that just can't stay healthy. I mean, AD, he's not going to play the whole entire season. LeBron will probably miss some time and, you know, their bench. It's like nowadays it's like, who's on their bench. Even Carmelo, is he coming back? (laughs) So, I don't think it's out of it's it's preposterous to say, hey, you know, there's a solid chance they miss the playoffs again, or at least they'll be in the play-in tournament. I'll give them maybe that much. But the Pelicans are getting better. They, you know, they they started. Oh, they were the eight seed. That's right this year. Right. Um, I stand corrected. But you know, they were just as good, and they're getting better with Zion coming back. So it's going to be a tough year for the Lakers. I hate to say it, Laker fans, but it is. Yeah, it's, it's definitely from the very top. Like we, we talked to a couple of episodes ago, uh, Warriors, Clippers, uh, Suns will probably be your top tier in the West, mm-hmm. you know, barring any other, you know, moves or, you know, real surprises, you know, and then we could probably look at the second tier of uh, Lakers, Mavericks, Nuggets, Jazz. Well, no, I take back Jazz. Obviously they've been, They've been gutted. Yeah. Uh, so let's look at, um, ah, no, I'll, I'll just keep it right there. Let's just say um, uh, Lakers, Nuggets, and Mavericks. You got the Grizzlies in there? They are. Okay. You got it. Thank you. <laughs> Hold on a second. Wait. Thank you. All just right. Quick little adjustment there. Yeah. I mean, it is tough for the Lakers, but I'm not a Laker fan, so I, I'm not too upset about it for them. I, I, I've i kind of been off the LeBron train for a long time now. So when he's not in the playoffs, I'm actually more excited because I get to see these new teams compete. I mean, when you had the four years of Lakers, I mean, not Lakers, the Cavaliers and Warriors, I think by like year three, I was like tired of the show. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm happy. I'm happy that we got to see some new teams, even though the Warriors did come back. It was a good story to see with Clay coming back. And, you know, after AD left to see the Warriors really come back and show that they are the team to beat. But unfortunately we are out of time. I know we didn't get to baseball, but there was a lot more important things to talk about. I know my dad would be like kicking me if you heard me say that, cause he's a baseball diehard. <laughs> But we will probably next week shift to the NFL because there's just so much to talk about with the NFL. And I think that we're going to need at least an hour to talk about each conference and the totals for the future bets and what we like. So I think next week we'll start with the AFC East. What do you think, Robert? That's great. I mean, look, we could start counting weeks before the season begins. So might as well start breaking down a preview for our, uh, our listeners here and give them a, some insight as to who we think is going to be, uh, you know, real live money versus uh, who might be just a pretender today. It's funny too. I'll give a quick preview before we end the episode, but I was on Twitter earlier and one of the, the sites posted a graphic, you know, power rankings for quarterbacks in the AFCs. Obviously yeah, Josh Allen, number one, 
then you had Mac Jones, number two, Zach Wilson, number three, and Tua was fourth. And that got a lot of backlash. <laughs> but I, I don't disagree with it, to be honest. I, I think Tua is the fourth best quarterback in that division, four out of four. But we will talk about it next week, so I don't want to waste uh, too much of the listeners' time. So thank you, everyone. And before we go, Robert, any last words? Once again, much like I always repeat, if you're going to go ahead and make a wager, get yourself some education. Ali just mentioned Twitter. I mention it all the time. Get as much information as you can early in the betting day. Get the value that you can. Get educated. Perfectly said. Thank you, everyone. Talk to you next week.